Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Bishop Kobanga J.O. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 to 21. We are still continuing with our series. Eh? Money and wealth, the instruments of the heart. Uh, so we are reading Matthew chapter 6 from verse 19 to 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where the moth and, the, and, and rust doth corrupt, where the thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and, and, and where thieves do not, do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the emphasis, uh, as we all know, has been on verse 21. So, so this is now part six. Money and wealth, the instruments of the heart. Hallelujah. Every prerequisite of life is vested internally and not externally. I think I will make a, a special request. Can you take her out? That for me is a bit extreme. They'll have to go out, please. Because it's a bit extreme. It's okay. Children normally do that. But now <laughs> I have to share God's word and I'm being distracted. So as I was saying, okay. <laughs> Lily, hand over that boy to the mom. I want to preach. You see, he's already crying. God in heaven, what is happening with our children today? <laughs> it's like uh, they have just decided all of a sudden. Do you know how sometimes when you have kids and they all decide to cry? Yeah. Yeah. You know them, they're having their time. So as I was saying, every prerequisite of life is vested internally and not externally. The potency to generate the intrinsic elements of life is within the firmament of the divine through the heart of man. Ah. And you see, friends, unless you affiliate your heart and mind in concert with the person of God, you cannot experience the benefits of the radical essentials of life. Hey. And the reason this is because most probably you lack the divine efficacy to wipe out the exigencies of life. And this now calls for faith in the invisible God, beloved. Because friends, faith is the gadget that switches on the divine codes of reality, which are basically encoded in scripture, beloved. You know, faith, what it does is that it takes you beyond scripture. It transports you to the actual spirit behind scripture to unlock the intended purpose of what is in the heart and mind of God. You know, it is one thing for you to know much about Bible, but if you do not know what is the word behind the word, uh -huh. 
if you do not, if you're not able to capture the spirit behind the word, my ah. friends, you'll be a religious bigot. You'll be just one zealot who is full of zeal without knowledge. Hallelujah. You know, the summit of your heart is the epitome whereby you experience the reality within before it manifests. You know, many Christians are looking for manifestation, but they do not know that manifestation is preceded by a certain inward reality that dawns on you. Okay? You see, there's a poster of your heart, which is below the summit of your heart. Now, the summit of your heart is like a type of the throne of God. That is where God dwells. When you say God come into my heart, he comes and dwells upon the summit of your heart, beloved. And you know, friends, you cannot express what you've not experienced. You cannot talk about financial breakthrough unless you've experienced it. You cannot talk about, and, and you see, friends, you cannot be critical of them who are rich unless you've been rich. You have no business criticizing millionaires or billionaires who are stingy because you've never been there. Because chances are you could be more stingy than them. You know, a time has come where Christians should stop coming to the place whereby they go criticizing people. We see people driving big cars and we criticize them. We say that this is Illuminati, these are devil worshippers. The question is, how did you know they are devil worshippers? Chances are you've actually visited the underworld. You must be one who's a devil worshipper. Because how, how else, you see, unless the Lord gives you a fragment of revelation of what, the, of what the Illuminati fraternity is, my friend, you have no business calling somebody an Illuminati. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so, so you see, friends, unless you, experience, unless you come to the place whereby you have experienced riches, you know what it means to have wealth. My friends, you cannot express anything. You know, we normally talk of fast fruits, isn't it? And I know Bishop Mulumbi, my father in the Lord, in the year 2013, he taught pretty well on fast foods. And I don't intend to really talk much about that, but I want to say something about fast foods. Fast fruits demonstrate the posture of your heart. And the mind, by virtue of you being the giver, when you give the first fruit of your, of, of, of your salary, the first fruit of your profit or whichever thing that you give, friends, you must understand, it is the posture of your mind, that is, of your heart that is involved here. Not the hand that gives. Because generosity, I think I must have said this, I don't know whether it was in part one or part two, generosity is of the heart. It is not of the hand or of the bank account. Okay? You know, Fast fruit demonstrates the posture of your heart as well as the posture of your mind in submitting through obedience to God in acknowledgement of covenant. In other words, fast fruit offerings, they are supposed to be engrafted within the stratum of covenant. Meaning you cannot give fast fruit unless you have a covenant with God. There must be a covenant that you have with Jesus. And the only covenant that is with finality is the covenant of the cross. Hey. Yes, we may have every other covenant, but my friends, if at all there is nothing that is founded on the cross, then you are giving a miss. In other words, you need to evaluate why are you born again. Because everything that we do 
Even when we give, it must be founded on the finished work on the cross because there is no greater giving than that which God gives. Because in Christ Jesus dwells the unfathomable treasures of wisdom and knowledge, beloved. You know, fast fruits represent the embodiment of the entire constitution of the person and the nature of your being. When you give your fast fruits, church, you must understand your entire person and nature of your being is involved. Because you see, whenever we give friends, we must understand this, especially fast food. God is not really looking at what you've placed at the altar or what you've sent to the church bank account. He's looking at your person. In a, and you know, when you talk about the person of God, we are talking about, or rather the person of man, we are talking about one who has a mind, one who has a heart, where, which is the seat of the emotions and a will. Because many times people give a miss. People give out of fear. A pastor somewhere begins to teach, he begins to corrupt the word of God, he manipulates and controls it, and you give just because he's preached. But you have no revelation. So as far as God is concerned, you have not given. You know, fast fruit, they are a projection of the extended layer of a foundation from within your heart to express itself in the natural. What I'm giving to the church account, whatever I present in the offering bag, if it is fast food, beloved, or if you are laying it before my hands as a priest, as, 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 as a priest of this house, remember, you're basically projecting the foundation of a layer. Okay, it is a layer, that it, 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 it is an extended layer of a foundation that is within your heart. Meaning, friends, it is not what you deposit in the offering, offertory bag that qualifies as a fast fruit. Uh -huh. It is not what you wire to 0024. You know 0024? Yeah, yeah. You know whose account that is? Yeah. You know it? Yeah. Friends, it doesn't matter even if it is one million. So long as whatsoever you have deposited in the church account or in whichever account or whatever you bring to bishop, if it, if, if it doesn't project as an extended layer from the foundation of your heart, uh -huh. my friends, whatever you've given in the natural is a waste of, of time. Now, what do I mean that uh, it is an extended layer of a foundation within your heart? I'm basically saying that whatever you give is motivated by your thoughts and desires. Uh -huh. Not the fact that you've put some money. You see, whenever we give, anytime we give offerings, beloved, it is your thoughts and desires that God is concerned about. Uh -huh. God looks at whatsoever is in your mind. Yeah. God looks at whatsoever is in your heart. Yeah. If your desire is to manipulate and control everybody because you think you're the greatest giver, my friend, you've not given according to the word of God. As far as God is concerned, you've not given. Yeah. It is anality. In fact, you're worse than somebody who's given 50 shillings. A person who gives 50 shillings with the right motive, with the right heart, is a great giver. Because at the end of the day, friends, it's not about the amount. Uh -huh. No, in this church, we are not really keen. As much as, yes, we tell people give, but listen here. At the end of the day, God looks at the heart. If your heart is not in something, it's better you don't give. I want people to give because they are moved by God, not moved by a preaching. Hey, come on! 
I told us last Sunday, the days of us bringing somebody to come and teach us how to give, whereby when you see somebody telling you, give this particular money and you give, those days are over. This is a new decade, and if we are going to give, we give as a lifestyle. Because giving is a form of worship, beloved. Because, friends, fast food is not about money or resources, friends. They are mere symbols of an inward reality. You are preaching! What is the reality? The reality of your thoughts and desires. Hey. If you have got impure thoughts, if your desires are corrupted, my friends, then everything that you do externally is a waste of time. Hey. Most people have missed out on visitation from God because of corrupted thoughts and desires. You know, as Bishop, let me tell you, I, as much as I move in the, in, in the realms of God, I may move even in word of knowledge, but listen, it's not every now and then that I might know. I might appear to be praising you, but my friends, there are things about you that God will never allow me to know. Because the day I'm going to know everything about you, I'll become God. But because I'm not God, friends, God will allow me, you know, it's so funny, God will allow me to commend you. And you think, ah, Bishop, you know, Bishop knows everything, so I'm okay. My friends, you're not okay. It is about your relationship with God. And the covenant you have with God is the covenant of the cross. Every other covenant that you have at a personal level must be founded on the covenant of the cross. Hello. Because friends, the journey of giving starts from the foundations that have been laid within the heart. Not the pocket. Not the bank account. It is the foundations of the heart. Hello, church. And that is why, as a believer, never be intimidated by how people respond to giving in church. Because, friends, this is a personal thing. Yes. It doesn't matter if somebody appears to be giving in each and every contribution, even if you don't have my friends, so long as your heart is not corrupted. As far as God is concerned, you are much better than someone who does it with the aim of manipulating and controlling. I'm telling you, friends, we don't give outwardly. We give from the secrecy of our hearts. So the journey of giving must commence from the foundations laid within your heart, friends. Because, friends, this journey must be through the process of the conditioning of the posture of your heart. The posture of your heart must be conditioned, friends. And, and this conditioning is in view of the internal tensions between the carnal man and the purpose of God. Because, friends, let me tell you, if there's something that the devil fights in church, in the life of believers, is giving. Especially where, it is, it, especially where the purpose of God is concerned. You know, it's true that, yes, we have got very many prosperity preachers, not just in this country, but globally who have corrupted the doctrine of prosperity. Because remember, I told you the doctrine of prosperity in and of itself is not the issue. It is the people who are preaching it. But you know, friends, we are not going to stop doing what is right because other people are doing it wrong. Just because we have prostitutes on Koinanga Street does not mean that ladies should not get married. Just because we have got men and women who have children out of wedlock, do we stop married people from giving birth to children? No. Giving birth is not a problem. The problem is the process and how. Yeah. 
And in any case, some of the people who actually, who have found themselves single parents, they did not do so because of choice. Some were raped. Some gave the whole of themselves and you find that the man took off. So what do you do? Does the lady kill the children and become a girl? No. You know, I have great respect for single mothers. I'm telling you, when you come across a single mother, respect that woman. Respect her because she, you know, it's like she's sharing almost three quarters of her life with her children or her child. So she only has a quarter of her life. Never ever assume that anybody who is single is loose. It's not necessarily the case. You know, when you grow in God, you become mature. Hello? And the children are a blessing regardless of how they were born. Every child is a blessing. There are wombs that desire to conceive, but they have not conceived. So whenever there's a child, that child is a destiny, a seed of destiny. Hallelujah. So friends, the devil knows very well that the moment we give, we are tapping into God's purpose. Because you see, I told us something, that there are levels of God you can never get to if money and resources are not involved. That's the truth of the matter. Read the Bible, read the Old Testament, read the New Testament, and you'll discover those people who moved from one level in their work with God to another, at some point, resources were involved. Yes. Hello? Yes. You remember the covenant that God had with Abraham that particular evening? You remember the story? Yes. Whereby God now spoke to Abraham about the fact that his descendants will be slaves in a foreign land. That is 430 years prior to it happening. You see, God had already spoken to Abraham about the fact that, 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 that he's going to become a father of many nations. And through his seed, all families of the earth shall be blessed. And of course, his seed basically, it, 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 it basically foreshadows Christ. But remember, for that promise to come to pass, there had to be a covenant. Friends, let me tell you. If you want to enter into higher levels of working with God, my friend, resources will be involved. Because why? Where your money is, that is where your heart is. So when you say, God, I give you my heart, my friends, you're telling God, I give you all my resources. Yay! Come on, man. God, I want, I, I, I want to be used of you, my friend. Your money will also be part of it. Yay! Break me, mold me, God, mold me, my friend. Part of the molding process will involve money. Now you are saying here, oh, you know, I just want my heart, but not my money. My friend, you cannot separate money from your heart. It's not possible. You try doing that and tell me whether you're going to survive. Come on. What a watch. You see, Jesus says, where where, where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. So if your heart is going to be for God, beloved, if you want to walk higher in levels of God, my friends, your resources will be involved. Because he says the carnal man will always be fighting against the spirit man. There's always that controversy between the carnal man and the spirit man. And if you, are not, if you have not been able to crucify the flesh with Christ Jesus, my friend, then Romans chapter 8 will not be a relevant chapter for you. Forget about calling yourself a son of God. You see the Bible says them that are led of the spirit are the sons of God. Now sons of God are people whose hearts are given to God. Now one demonstration of a heart having been given to God is money. Hello, church. Hello. So if you do not want us to talk about money, then forget about working with God. Come on. 
Because friends, people who serve the devil, they serve the devil with resources. And I'm telling you, in that world, my friend, it is diabolic. Yes! That's the way it happened at Jifan. <laughs> my friend. Those who want, you know, you know, you know if, if the devil is going to give you riches, my friends, the sacrifice involved is bloody. Yes! And if it is money, my friend, you give a lot. Hey. It's not for free. And God is not asking you to sacrifice any human being. God just wants you. Hey. Because the only sacrifice that God wants you to offer is not anybody else, it's you. Yes. How do you sacrifice yourself to God? By ensuring whoever you are, who you are, what you are, and what you have, uh-huh. you bring it at the altar. Come on. So that the altar of God sanctifies everything that is a, a, a fraction of your life. Then God will say, I can trust you. You see, the culmination of giving, beloved, is when your heart posture is matured within the summit before it is outwardly expressed. Remember I talked about the heart posture which is here and the summit of your heart. The summit of your heart is where the throne of God is. So there's got to be a maturity here. Unless the posture of your heart has matured. And now, now watch this. The posture of your heart can only mature when the mind is renewed by the word of God. When the mind is renewed, beloved, there's going to be a transformation of your heart. Go read Romans 12. And ye shall be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you shall be able to test and see that which is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Have you read that in scripture? So, beloved... It is your mind that will determine whether your posture has matured or not. And you see, your mind can only determine the same if the same, same mind is not reprobate. Because the mind is the receptacle and the depository of divine truth. Now the question is, what is it that has been deposited in the mind? If it is deception, beloved, if it is every other kind of thing which is corrupt, then automatically the posture of your heart will be affected. So even how you give will also be affected. That's why I am saying that the culmination of giving is when your heart posture is matured within the summit of the same, same heart. Once maturity has been attained, then you'll find that whatsoever is expressed is acceptable to God. That is why Abel offered a much more acceptable sacrifice to God than Cain. Hello? You know, the maturity of your heart posture is perfected upon the summit of your heart. When sacrifice is placed at the altar of the communion and fellowship of saints. Are you getting what I'm saying? You claim you're a member of infamy? We bless God for your membership. And thank God we don't give membership cards. But the question I want to ask, has the maturity of your heart posture been perfected at the very summit, which is supposed to be at the the throne of God? To the point that God can come and he finds that he can dwell within you? That the Spirit of God can actually acknowledge that you are the sanctuary of His presence. 
So that when you place your sacrifice yes. at the altar. Now, understand this, beloved. The, there is no such a thing as a physical altar. Uh-huh. What we have is just symbols. Uh-huh. We normally refer to this place as the altar, but the truth of the matter is this. The real altar is here. If your heart is in the right state in terms of the posture and the summit, your giving starts from here. So that whatsoever you put in the offertory bag, whatsoever you send from the bank account is basically an expression. It is a projection of the giving that started here. It has to start here. If it does not start here, beloved, then you've not given according to God's word. And for you to come to the place where you're able to make a good giving, my friends, you will involve God in it. This idea of going out here to look for change, you buy water and the, the truth is that you don't, you're not even thirsty, but you just want to get change and you put offerings in a bag. That is not giving. When it's time for giving, that is when you go to your mobile banking and you see whether you can withdraw two hundred shillings. The principle of movement will work against your finances because money was never created to be hoarded. Money was created as an instrument that is supposed to move. The reason why money must move is because there is an abundance of supply that is needed. Money was never ordained to be hoarded in the account or in your wallet. It is supposed to move. The reason why God releases money is because there is a need that needs to be supplied to. So money is supposed to move so that there is an abundance of supply to meet the needs of people. So the question I want to ask is, why do you have money in your account? And listen here, I'm not talking about you bringing money to church, friends. Because we don't only just give to church. We give to charity. We give to people what they need. The question is, how many orphans have you supported? When was the last time you ever gave out a fraction of your lunch in form of money so that somebody may eat? And you're telling me you're a giver. My friend, you're not a giver. You know, God does, you see, God, God does not like it when we perform in church. Okay? God wants us to think about people out there in the neighborhood. Hmm? In the neighborhood. There is somebody in the estate. There is that hawker who normally sells vegetables. You normally buy your groceries from that hawker. That man or that woman. Have you ever thought that, by the way, maybe this person may have woken up one day and maybe there's no food? Just one day you say, you know what? I'm coming to buy groceries, but here is 500 shillings. Just like that. I know we've never looked at it that way. My friends, we need to mature. Those security guards who guard your compound, have you ever thought of buying them milk and bread? Oh, we normally pay service charge. They are well paid. My friends, those guys are not well paid. The company that employs them takes most of the money. Your household manager or your nanny, for those of us who have nannies, let's say if at all you, 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 have, you have children, or the person, the, the person who cleans. I mean, have you ever thought that every end of the day you need to do a Christmas shopping? I mean, she comes to clean your house and you're always very happy. Visitors say your house is clean. Your house is not clean because of you. Your house can never be clean. You see, the reason why I'm saying so is because you are unable to maintain it, and that's why you have somebody to come and do it. Have you ever said, okay, apart from what I pay her, 
why can't I just appreciate her? At least once a year. You get some 5,000 shillings and do shopping, Christmas. And then you just put some cash on top. Don't you think she will just, I mean, when she goes to God and prays to God, don't you think that Lord will just bless you? My friends, when God has dealt with you in the area of giving, you'll think about other people more than yourself. You look for opportunities to become a blessing to somebody even in a small way. I know there's so much emphasis of us giving in church by my friends. We also need to give to other people, to other worthwhile causes. Are we together, friends? But Bishop, you know, we need to structure things. We need to whatever. Let me tell you, most of the foundations that are established are usually conduits for fleecing people. This thing of foundations and NGO, it's a bit controversial. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to see where is the balance. Why should I give to other foundation that has started and the next thing, the project manager is driving a guzzler and the people to whom you're supposed to give are still struggling? You know, those are, those are questions that I normally have. Yeah. Hello? You see, giving emanates from the understanding of who you are and not what you are. I give because I know who I am. I'm a child of God, I'm of great value, and I'm extending the same, same value of myself, my worth of who I am to this person. It's like I want to release a grace upon that person so that this person is capacitated to value himself or herself. If I have people in my life and they cannot experience any sense of self-value, then it means something is wrong with me. Hello, church. If I'm walking with somebody, my friends, and you don't see a change in how that person dresses, in how that person lives, then you better question whether I'm a believer. You have every right to question. I'm telling you, If my life does not impact your life as bishop, you have every right to leave church. Then I'll go and repent and maybe see if I can join Bishop Bulumbi and then we do whatever we are doing. We close down infamy. It's true. But if I'm truly someone who is a believer and I say I love God with the whole of my heart, my friends, I will love God with my finances. And then you see God, you see apart from the fact that God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Then he says, now the part which is difficult, love your neighbor as you love yourself, my friend. The, you see, to the degree that you love yourself, you must also love your neighbor. I'm not saying that you should make a clone out of your neighbor. But at least there's got to be some sense of value and worth. Hello? Don't act as though you're helping somebody. You're helping yourself when you give. Yes. Oh, let me just help this person. Ioni Royadini. Yes. That is what we used to hear in my former denomination. We just want to help. You're helping who? You cannot help anybody more than God. Hey. The only person you can help is yourself. And that is why we must even look at whatsoever we share with people. Yes. What are we giving before God as far as his altar is concerned? Mm. Hello? Hi. One thing about me, I don't know about you, you know, maybe people are different. Huh? 
Maybe people are different. One thing about me is this, friend. If something does not cost me, I'll not give. Hey! Mm -hmm. If something does not cost me, I don't give. You get what I'm saying? Uh -huh. I didn't mean you, you come. I meant you mute. Okay? You want the elders to hear everything. Yes. <laughs> okay, but you've, you've got it. Huh? Good, thank you. That is of great value. I will not give something that is worn out. If it is a gadget, my friend, if that gadget has a defect, I'm not giving it. If I can repair it and ensure that it is in the right condition, well, but if it is something that is finished, imagine I am not giving it. I'd rather stay with it. I'd rather even trust God and get, get cash and buy something new for a person. Because that shows how much I value this person. Because friends, human beings are, are of great value than gadgets. If it is close friends, if I have to give clothes that I've used, they must be in the right condition. In fact, I inspect the collar, I inspect the sleeves. If there's any hole, it is not going. Because as far as God is concerned, I have not given. Because to me, every human being is of great value than what I'm giving. What I'm just doing is to extend my heart of gratitude I want this person to see himself or herself as greater than his or her circumstances. That's why I told you that giving emanates from the understanding of who you are, not what you are and what you have. Giving has nothing to do with what you have. It, it has a lot to do with who you are. The reason why we give is not because the church is perfect. Infamy. Hey, those of you who are coming for the first time, and if you've just joined infamy, let me just warn you in advance, so that if at all you feel you cannot survive, please, you, you, you better go before we disagree. Hmm. <laughs> I'm looking for a good church. Which one? Every church, from the day of Pentecost, church has always had issues. You, re you read the Acts of the Apostles, and you read the letters of Paul, then you discover, oh my God, hey, if you, had, if you, if you belong to the Corinthian church, my friend, you, you would actually backslide, oh God. The first time I read about that church, I just said, hey, happen, happen in Goriban. Hey, my God. Eh? We don't give because the church is perfect. You don't give because the person who presides over the altar is perfect. I am the one presiding upon this altar. Okay? You don't give because of me. Uh-uh, friends. The reason why you give is because it is in the word of God. And you give regardless as to whether you like infamy or not. You give regardless as to whether you love Bishop Gobanga J.O. or not. Because it's a principle. And you know, friends, let me tell you something. God honors those who uphold his principles. God will not honor you because you feel that the church is not using the money well. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. God is concerned about what is the attitude of your heart. Are you giving out of principle or are you giving out of convenience? Are we together, friends? 
This is all about devotion. It's not about who is manning the altar. It's not about whether the vision ties in with your vision. Friends, when you come from another church, you remove everything about that church and you put on the court of the house. You, you see, you give of an inward reality as a symbol of covenant and in submission to the word of God. And who is the word of God? Christ. And you know, friends, until the lordship of Christ is fully established within your heart, you are not a giver but a robber. You know, many people are at the place of the saviorhood of Christ. But the question is, do you give because... Christ is the Lord. Because when Jesus is the Lord, my friends, your money. He, he, he takes full charge of your money. As in, you, you consult him with, you know, within your heart. Huh? Because, you know, the Bible says silver and gold belongeth unto God. Many times, you know, we tell God, give us, give me a job, give me money. And the moment he gives you, he loses you. Hey. It's like you do not want him to transact. You only wait for a, for a, for, for a man of God to come and preach and, and, and lie to you in some auditorium in town. And then you give 10,000, 15,000. Then you say, I'm blessed. My friend, you'll struggle for the next two years. Hello? If Christ is the Lord over your life, my friends, you're basically saying that you're given him permission even in areas of your finances. Uh-huh. And whatever you own, even assets. Hey. <laughs> my friend, this is, this is uh, you know, you know when, when Jesus is the Lord, you die each and every day. You reach a point whereby you don't even care whether you give it or you, you don't really care. And it's not because somebody has preached. Uh-huh. Yes. That's why when people tell me that they have been told by God to do certain things, you know, there's that part of me that feels a bit sympathetic because I wonder, can these people really manage? Because, you know, there are certain times I feel, no, I think I'm the only person who can handle this. But I realize, wait, uh, God, God is not obligated to confirm to, uh, certain things to me. Uh-huh. Hello? You know, when the raffle was given to me, let me just confess. You know, it's good to confess, isn't it? How many think us, we also don't confess? <laughs> when the raffle was given to me, it came at a time whereby the owners of the raffle had just gotten a baby. And I was wondering, how? How do you do that? You know, my reasoning was, let them first of all look for a car, get stable, then the raffle is released. And these people are giving the raffle, and I'm wondering, what the hell is going on here? God in heaven. And as usual, God told me to shut up. And you know, he never told me why he made them do that. So I've been keeping quiet until today. And guess what? The former owners of the Rafa have a better car. Not because they struggled. Hello? So sometimes, you know, there are certain things that I cannot even interfere. When somebody tells me this is what you've agreed, my friend, even if it's a, even if it's a young believer, just relax. Though there's a certain giving which is not right, and most times whenever I design that hapa kunashida, I will tell somebody now go back with your money. He ni ujinga. Eh, tunafanyanga hivyo. Ama mnadhani mimi ni wale wachungaji ambao tunapenda sana pesa, ukituletea pesa tunarabashanda na rabakuria. Eh? Eh? Ngwasheni ya mamakuria. Rubber, 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 pencil, na ruler, container, container, at the coast. I see that container. My friends, at I can see you're, receive, you're about to receive a bicycle from Dubai. <laughs> 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 
that's interesting. Do you know, friends, a lot of Christians, you know, globally, because I think this is a global thing, and even those who are not even Christians, they've always had this notion that God and money are bitter enemies. Hmm? And you know, sometimes when you read the Bible, especially for those of us who are carnal, not everybody, but for those of us who are carnal, <laughs> why am I becoming sanguine today? I can't even... <laughs> yeah, most times, you know, a lot of people tend to think that the Bible contradicts itself, especially in matters of money. Because you find, on the one hand, you, 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 when you read the Bible, it tells you that it is very, very important to save, isn't it? Then on the other hand, Jesus appears to be condemning saving because he wants you to do what? To give generously because of the fact that his return is imminent, isn't it? And one of the things you must understand, the instructions that Jesus gives us in the New Testament about money, it does not lie in the money itself. It basically lies in the heart of humanity. Okay? And the truth of the matter, when you read the entire Bible from cover to cover, you will be able to deduce that God and money are not enemies. And they never shall be. The only thing that is an enemy to God is sin. But God has never, been, uh, an, uh, 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 has never had any enmity with money. And you know, friends, it is the deceitfulness of our hearts and the desires of the flesh what it does is that it causes us to use money for selfish gain instead of using it for God's honor. Hey, that is powerful. You know, money has a great potential when you, when, 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 when you begin to do it, to motivate it with the energy of your thoughts and desires. It has a great potential to influence you. And it has also, it, 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 what happens is that when, 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 when you channel your thoughts and desires to money, you give it power to create a strong temptation upon your heart such that you're pulled away from God. Because money has never been bad. Money never committed the first sin. You know, we were brought up by our parents, you know, we were being told, pesa ni kitu kibaya sana. Pesa siyo mzuri. Kwanina shika pesa, watu wenga na shika pesa. My friend, pesa siyo mbaya. Hmm? Are we together? Neither can money be good. It has no capacity to be good. Money is money. But we need it because it is an instrument. It is an instrument that facilitates transaction, isn't it? But we do not place our emphasis and our heart on money. It is Jehovah God. Okay? You know, money has the capacity to lure you to the point whereby you become a perfect and a potential candidate to become sinful. Okay? Money is able to position you so that you are ordained by the devil to become a worshiper of, of mammon. That's what money can do. Depending on the kind of energy you're channeling unto it. Okay? Because we know very well from scripture that money is an instrument. And anybody who has a godly heart will use money for the purposes of loving God. Loving family and loving neighbor. Because you can't say you love God and yet you don't love your family and neighbor. Okay? So that's why when you read the Bible, friends, the truth of the matter is that 
Whatsoever appears to be an apparent contradiction in matters of money, they are not contradictions. Uh-huh. It is people who contradict themselves. Hey! Hey! You basically live contrary to who you are. Come on! By making yourself to be a clone of an imperfect original. When you start looking at somebody and you begin to covet what your neighbor has, then basically you are a a man or a woman of contradiction. Hello? Are you getting what I'm saying? If your purpose and motivation is pure, beloved, then your financial behavior will reflect. Show me someone whose purposes are, 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 are not ulterior. Show me somebody whose motives are not ulterior. And I'll show you one whose financial behavior is sound. Hello, infamy. You're so quiet today. Do you know, I have looked at some of you, not every, uh, 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 when I look at some of you, some of you whom I've worked with for a close for, 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 uh, you know, closely, I can tell you over time I have known who exactly you are by how you handle money. From the time when you started working, I used to see how you used to give and what you do for yourself, and I can tell you there's a fraction of the congregation that need God to help them. Because your financial behavior has basically revealed, number one, where your priorities are. Your financial behavior, has, uh, it attests to the fact that your motivation for life is that of a survivor, a consumer. You're not a wealth creator. You just want to consume. You're not thinking about the future. Because friends, you have to think about 15 years, 20 years to come. You get your money, your first profit, and you forget. Do you know your first profit in a business is a seed? But what do we do with, with, with our first profit? We consume it. My friend, the first profit does not belong to you. Hey! When you start business and you make your first profit, your first money, my friend, it is not yours. Come on. Yeah. You're saying at all, you know, you, know, you know, Bishop says that he normally operates in these levels. I also want to be like him, my friend. Don't be like me. Because being like me means that you'll have to go through everything I went through in Kayole. Can you manage? Do you know what it means to go without food for days and you're, and you're not sick? When you're fasting by the time ni 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, Nishida. Eh? Ukifika 6 o'clock, yani enye umejaribu. And, you, and you've been saved for, you know, even for somebody who's still a young believer, we can understand. Because you see, we, with young believers, we take them slowly. But imagine you've been saved for 10 years and Fasting, it's like it's a burden. Fasting is not supposed to be a burden. Fasting should be a lifestyle. In any case, your body needs to do what to detox. Yeah. Eh? You see, the word of God instructs us to come to a place whereby we surrender our heart unto God. We, and you know, when you surrender your heart to God, you're basically saying you're surrendering everything that you are, and everything that you have to God. In other words, you're telling God, whatever I own is at your disposal because I do not qualify to be a good steward of these things. I need wisdom. You're getting what I'm saying? 
That is exactly what you do. You give the whole of yourself. Okay? You give the whole of yourself to God. You tell God, you know, I'm not a good caretaker. I need wisdom. What do I do? I don't know how to manage. You've given me this money. This is what my mind is saying, but what are you saying? My mind is telling me that, 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 that my boss is not paying me enough. But what are you saying? And God will tell you, this is enough for you because you do not have the maturity to handle more. You see, the, you know, friends, many times we, we, we complain about our salary, but the truth of the matter is that salary is not the issue. The issue is maturity. If you cannot handle 5K, 5K pekeki na kuchoma. What about 20K? Oh, if only I can earn more. And the truth of the matter is that when God looks at you, he sees you as a consumer. Do you know some of us begin to budget with money we don't have? No, let's be real. Eh? You begin to see yourself earning 500,000 shillings and you've already got a budget. How can you budget with what you don't have? I thought we budget when we have. So the problem is not that you lack of money. The problem is that you do not have the capacity. You are, you are not, you're not mature. Your heart is not in God. Your heart in, is in what you will use the money for. Okay? God wants us to surrender totally to him so that he may have oversight over our lives because he knows us better. God also instructs us in his word that we are to come to a place whereby we give to those who are needy. We give to the poor. Okay? Are we together, church? We need to think about those who are poor. Don't tell me, well, who told you? Some people are poor, more learned than you. I've come across many of them who got masters. The reason, you see the difference between you, who earns that salary that you're despising, and, and that person that you call poor, is opportunity. Yeah. If God were to reverse everything, that's when you know who you are. Hey. Have you ever seen people complain? People complain, you, 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 when somebody loses his job, that's when you'll know that this person is a complainer. Hmm? You'll complain and cast people in Mudaiga, in Runda, saying these people like this, why can't they share? Why do you want them to share with you? You want them to share with you so that you, so, so that you die early. Ukipatatu do hivi, inakuchoma kabisa, you lose, you, 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 you become worse than a, than a mad person in Madari. Umuwai kona wenda abao, you now want to go to Marsabit driving. You think of going, you, you know, you, you think of the most ludicrous ideas. <laughs> you are not even thinking of saving. Eh? It is always good for us to think about the future. If there's something I thank God for my mother, is that she taught me how to save while I was still a young kid. I think I've given that story. We, you know, my brother, my, my brother Tony and I, we used to have these, um, these booklets. I'm trying to remember what they say with Postbank. And we used to go with the mom. Anytime we get any money, we'd go together. And I used to like the fact that I, I, would, I, would, I would hand over the money to, to the teller. And they would write, you know, those, those are days where by there was nothing, there was no computer. 
they would actually write figures and I would see and I'd say, oh, my money is now growing. And I would feel good. And I'm the one who, and you know, I'm the one who used to keep the pass, the passbook. I would tell them I'm old enough to keep this passbook. Anytime I get money, I make sure. In fact, I'm the one who insists in, I need to save. And I've kept that culture until today. Hello? I don't go eating everything. Why do you go eating everything, my friend? You'll die. You eat the seed. Hmm? Keep something. Even if you don't know what, you see, here's the thing. Even if you don't know what you're going to do with the money, at least save. It will come in handy. It, it might even come maybe 15 or 20 years. And for those of us who, 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 are, who are anticipating to have children, who said that you cannot take a policy when you, when, when you don't have children? My friend, take a policy. Yes. policy, when I was born, my dad took a policy with a um, British American, which is nowadays known as Britain. When I was born, my mom and dad decided that they were taking a policy. Do you know, by the time when I was in high school, those dividends started coming out. That was what was used to pay my school fees. Hello? Can you imagine? It took about more than 10 years because I was born in 1972. So by the time when I was joining high school in the mid in 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 the mid eighties, the dividends had matured. My dad never struggled paying my school fees. My school fees came from what he and mom saved in the early seventies. No emergency, friends. Can we? Okay, okay. Maybe maybe your parents may have not done that. This is fine, but at least you're here. But why can't we at least do better? Tafuta policy. Even if, listen here, don't tell me, but Bishop, I'm not married. So what if you're not married? You'll get married one day. Start saving. When you get your future hubby or wife, you say, you say by the way, this is, this is what I want us to do. Let's have this culture. When the children come, you'll not struggle, my friends. Let us not manage by crisis. Infamy. Mambo yaku manage by crisis to achane nayo. Tujipange. It is going to help you. I'm saying this for your own good. Don't wait until when things are thick and then you're looking at each other in the house and you're so angry. And, and, and you know, women, one thing with women, when there's no money, oh my God. Those of you who are married, you know. Kuna ile sura ingina nakupatia. So anaume mujipange. Eh? Nataka kuwa. Where, my friend? Pesa. She wants money. <laughs> no married people, married men, am I saying something you can identify with? Ama. <laughs> hey, hey, oh my God. Oh my God, oh my days, this is funny. Eh? Eh? Rita, am I saying something which is off? What, what, talk to me as a woman. Not, don't now be spiritual, just talk to me real. <laughs> it's true. If money is not okay, we will not be okay. Good. And you're still saved. Yeah. And don't say that this woman, as, as she, she, she loves money more than God, my friend. No. 
she loves you and she loves God maybe more than you but money matters must be sorted out kuna kubebeleza hapa at we are now trusting and fasting and praying my friend there is a time for fasting and there is a time to look for money that's why there are people whom at some point i said no more fasting lemesikili mataya kololo kusendere makambi and i don't want to hear people just fasting left right and center and then unakonda demons come upon you and then and then now unakuja kwangu ninasumbukana no fasting foolishly fasting must be according to the word of god in for me lazima iwe kibiblia kama sio kibiblia my friend that is hunger strike let's not be extreme hello you know in a god loving heart money is given money is saved and invested together You see money can be enjoyed but it must not be hoarded for selfish gain. Money is not given to us to spend foolishly. Money is not given to us to waste. Okay? And that is why it is very important for us to seek wisdom from God. Because the wisdom from God requires disciplined money management, eh? Whereby you diligently plan without obsession. Let me let me make this statement. Do you know you cannot manage what you cannot measure? Hello. Because whatsoever you don't manage well is bound to be wasted. Huh? Because you see this is a, an inevitable fact of our flesh's continued pursuit for money. If you are passing money in the flesh my friend you'll not be able to manage it. Okay? That's why it's so very very important to trust God to help you to identify specific goals as to whatever money he has given to you so that you can be effective as a steward of the resources he's given unto you. Hello church. You must be as flexible enough and obedient to God in matters of money because friends It is God who has made the greatest deposit in our lives. And you know God can always request a withdrawal. Hey. Huh? By the way, it doesn't mean that you cannot enjoy what God has given to you. Let's also avoid being a little bit extreme whereby we are saying, you know, because we are we are learning about money and wealth, the instrument of the heart, let me deny myself. Uh-uh. My friend, you need to enjoy what God has given to you. Okay? Because you see when there is wise management of money it basically puts you in a position of financial freedom okay whereby you're able to serve God and serve only him and you're also able to go wherever the Lord leads you are we together guys so let us be friends of God because when you become God's uh, friends of God you'll be able to use money wisely Hello? Hello. And then you know this this notion whereby a lot of people think that wealth has everything to do with how much money one has in the bank. That notion is quite erroneous. Okay? Because wealth has a lot to, uh, wealth is much more to do with money. It is much more than money. Okay? And you know 
It is so sad that in the contemporary world, I don't know about the, 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 the other world because I was never born there, but in the contemporary world, one of the things that you find is that it is nearly impossible for anyone to feel wealthy if he or she does not have finances to live the kind of life he or she wants. That's why most times people have always been think, looking at wealth as being synonymous with money. But friends, I want you to understand that wealth and money are two different things. Money is basically a symbol. It is a statement, a certificate of, of performance in the economy. But the truth of the matter is this, beloved. You must have a wealthy state of mind. If you want to attract money to you, then you must first of all have a wealthy state of mind. In other words, you must have a mind that is loaded with values. You must have ideas, creativity. And that is why this church is a church of creatives. But the question is, what are you doing with your creativity? You're so creative. You're so artistic. My friend, if you know how to handle whatsoever God has given to you, friend, you've heard me saying that you'll be rewarded for the problems you solve. Yes. Not the conundrums you identify. Yes. You've identified so many conundrums, so many issues. But the question is, are you providing solution? You know, it is poor people who talk about problems in the economy of the country, but they cannot provide any solution. And poor people are not necessarily those who live in the slums, not those who live in, in the ghettos. There are a lot of poor people who have money, and they're living in upmarket. They mess around with the environment, but they don't really care. And they'll always say, that, you know, the county government is supposed to sort out ABCD. A wealthy person is out to, to, look, to, to look for ways and means to provide solutions. Hello? You know, your internal experience with money will completely influence your outward experience of money. I don't know if they understand what I'm saying. Your internal experience of money, not your, not your internal status of money, your eternal, in, in, in internal experience of money will automatically influence your outward or your ex external experience of money. Most of the external money crisis that people have is as a result of who they are within. You start fighting. Within yourself, you start having argument with your mind and with your heart. Your mind is telling you this, your heart is saying no. The mind is telling you, you know what, I am the receptacle and the depository of divine to the heart. is saying, listen here, I am the locus of human emotions. Everything must center around me. It's about my desires. You mind go away. So you start having fights within yourself. And then the purpose of God is also there at war with you. So as a result, because you know God's purpose will never be held hostage, the purpose of God begins to deal with you using the circumstances around you. And at the end of it all, you start exhibiting negative energy. Most people who exhibit negative energy, one of the causes of negative energy is money issues. Yeah. Money issues. Hello? Hello? Do you know the reason why, one of the major reasons why people move from church to church or leave church, it's not all these things that people are talking about. It's money. Money. Look at it carefully. There is a money trail in the hearts of most people. Why is so-and-so being favored? Money. Because, because you see, when you talk about why so-and-so is being favored, there's, there's, there's a money factor. They contributed so much to so-and-so's wedding. When it came to my wedding, I didn't get much. Money issues. 
Yeah, because you, for you, you're now comparing yourself. And the moment you compare yourself, you devalue yourself. When I start comparing myself with some, I devalue my own worth. I'm basically saying that some is the standard. But if Christ is a starter, then I can trust God to get something better. Not so that I may compete with some. No. I need something better to live for Christ. And in any case, if I get something better, I should also be able to use whatever God has given me to capacitate some. But the problem is that people are so competitive in church, people don't even want to support one another. We've got too many clones. Hello? Eh? Is it so hot? You're pregnant. You want to give birth. The Lord tells you to go to some local hospital. And in your mind, you're thinking of, oh my God. I don't like the cleanliness in this place. I want to give birth in Aga Khan. I want to give birth at Mata, and so on. Why? You're looking for class. You see, when a child is born, the birth certificate is the same. The birth certificate is the same. I mean, if you listen here, church, if you cannot afford to give birth in Nairobi Hospital, my friend, go and give birth in a public hospital. Bishop, Bishop, you know there are no drugs, my friend. Are you? Are you? Is, is your life being controlled by by Kemsa? <laughs> Do you know you can trust God to make friends with with with, with, with medical personnel at Kenyatta? And you give birth well. There are people who give birth in Kenyatta during this COVID, and their children are healthy. Yes. Nairobi Hospital is expensive, my friends. Yes. Where? If you have insurance and, 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 and your doctor has admitting rights there, well and good. But my friend, if you cannot afford it, my friend, cut your clothes according to your size. Don't force yourself to go somewhere you cannot afford. And when things become thick, you become bitter with Bishop. As if Bishop was the one who facilitated the pregnancy. Yeah. No, 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 no. Listen. Infamy. Let me tell you something. You're wondering why I'm saying so? Do you know, listen. Do you know the kind of battles that I face with people, especially people who leave church? I have been blamed for things that, I mean. <laughs> You're wondering. Can you imagine? Someone wants to blame me for not having catered for some medical. I mean, the question is, am I the one who made you sick? Wow, mekuwa mugonjwa na unataka mimi ni bebo mzigo huo. Mzigo, unani anafaku bebo mzigo, siniwebo? Alafu izitoshe, labda hato kiniambia kwa mwuko mugonjwa. So me, I get to hear it from other people. From other people, imagine. In fact, people who, are, who, who rarely come to church, they are the ones who know so much about you than me. So at the end of it all, I'm blamed. I'm just suffering in this church. No one even cares. My friends, you need be a German. At least tell me. I'm a very benevolent person. I'm more generous than you. So you And I've tried my best. In fact, we have a benevolence, you know, fund. Whereby we, we try. You see, we are not a rich church, but at least we try our best. But the question is, if you don't tell me, how will I know? 
How will I know? You know, that's, those are some of the things we face through. Hmm? Hmm? Why can't Bishop make sure that at least there's a special fund for people to be, to, to, to be giving birth in some of these wonderful hospitals? Why are they more favored? But the question is, is, is Bishop the one who determines where people give birth? That's a personal thing that a couple has. It's personal, my friend. It is personal. Hmm? You know, I was very sick. I had a very, very large medical bill. You can imagine Bishop did not even bother. Even the pastors, nobody visited me. But the question is, has it ever occurred to you that Bishop also falls sick? Bishop also falls sick. I mean, I mean in December, I, I, I was down with some very bad cold. Okay, they call it influenza, but the authorities do not want to admit, but me, I think otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I am convinced. Based on the symptoms, I, and you know, I usually consult Dr. Google. Hmm, Dr. Google. <laughs> I consult Dr. Google, and Dr. Google told me, based on the symptoms I have, I have influenza. But Cambridge said no. But just because Kemri said no does not mean that I believe. I have a right to choose whatever I believe. Hallelujah. Hello. So you can imagine, Bishop is sick. So who, who comes to visit Bishop? So should I also say, these people have been preaching for them. I take care of them. Blah, 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 my friends. Let's mature. We need to learn the essentials of a wealth mindset. Okay? Ask yourself, what are the essentials of a wealth mindset. Because when you get to know these essentials, then you'll come to a place whereby you'll experience, you'll be able to, 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 to enter into a level of more opportunities for financial abundance. You want the abundance of finances? The question is, what opportunities have you identified? Because God releases finances within the construct of opportunities. And those opportunities, unfortunately, unfortunately, they will only be availed in the midst of a crisis. So whereas every other person is whining, like the way most Kenyans do, what are you doing? Are you seeing an opportunity? You know, we all come from very unique families. And there's a way in which our respective families dealt with money issues in the past. And that in and of itself has had a huge influence in how you deal with money today. I've told you about my mother who taught me how to save, and I think that for me that is a very good culture. Hello? Mm. I love my dad, Isaac Gobanga, but I know he has weaknesses with money. I wouldn't go further, but that's the truth. My dad, hey, my father, no. My father is too generous. That's the extreme. But my mother taught me financial discipline. Hey, my mother was very hard when it came to money. Of course, as a kid, you know, she always wanted to keep all the money. And then, you, you, you know, when a visitor comes and then she says, watch any kweke pesa, my friend, you'll not see it. When you go and ask for that money, situlikula, amu kutaka mi mamako ni tutukule pesa. Now, you know, she starts playing victim. She makes you feel like you're a sinner. So I, I, I discovered something. I said, next time uncle brings money, we are not, I'm not giving. So, so this time, one of my uncles, a, a brother follows her. She gave me some 20 shilling. Well, you guys are never born the time when you had the, the 20 shilling note. It used to be English. We used to call it pound. So mom comes, I tell her, mm-mm-mm, and I put it in the pocket. Sini kweke, apana ntaweka. 
So later on, when she realized that I was becoming, I was, I was becoming hard on my money, is when we agreed with her that we are going to open an account, and it's not how he's going to deposit; it is me. At least I was happy with that. We are not sharing. <laughs> Maybe your mothers are different, but me, my, you know how my mom would just say, "And utaki to kule." See, I, I bought vegetables. I bought this and that. We ate together. I'm utaki sisi wengine to kule. Amani kupati yopesa uchukue tu wende tu na. And you know when your mother tells you that, it's like, you know how it feels. There's a time where she actually wanted to give me back a ten shilling note. Yeah, I, I was born in the days where I buy 10 shilling was a note. I mean, I said, no, 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 no. I chukua tu. Mutaki mama yako akule vitu vyako. Sawa, hatu kikuwa mkubo utatusahau. You know when your mom speaks that way, you, you, you know you feel, you feel so bad. You actually feel guilty. You know? So you persuade her and say, no, 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 I didn't mean that way. No, chukua tu pesa. Katu na yotu. You know? It is very important that you, that you you understand, friends, that at some point in your life you develop financial fears. Every one of us has a financial fear, and you need to understand the fears you have in matters of finances. You need also to understand the patterns that were passed over to you by your parents, whether you are conscious of it or not, so that you are able to move beyond them, so that you start coming to a place whereby you create a new wealth mindset that is most suitable for you now. How your parents dealt with money should not be the way you dealt with. It worked for them because they lived in the analog, uh, in the analog uh, uh, age. You are in the digital age and people in the digital need to handle money differently. Yes, there are principles we can derive in matters of how they handle money, uh, in, in how they dealt with the money. There are principles we can derive, yes. But in so far as the applicability of handling wealth is concerned, that is something that you must establish from the mind and heart of God. Okay? And that is why you have to deprogram some of the fears that you've had, especially with regards to the fears that your parents had about money, how did they act with money, and whether you act with money the same way as your dad and mom did. You get what I'm saying? Because this in itself will actually create a platform for you to change your experience with money. Okay? Rather than unconsciously doing what you are taught to do. Hello? Now let me tell you something. The real deposit of money is not necessarily in the bank. It is not in a, in a wallet. It is not in a pocket. The real deposit of money is in your heart. Hey. Hello? Money transactions, and you know when you talk about money transactions, you're talking about deposits and withdrawals. Or any business deals that you undertake, they usually take place on the trading floor of your heart, hey. not at the bank. Hey. What you go and do before the teller at the bank is basically a resultant factor of what you traded insofar as your desires and thoughts are concerned. Hello? The real signatories of the money resources within the account of your heart are your body, soul, and mind. The real signatories of, of your money resources that, you know those signatories that, that, that facilitate the transaction of money resources within your heart, they are basically your body, 
They are your soul and, the, and, and also your spirit. Okay? I remember saying mind, but mind is part of the soul. Your body, soul, and spirit. Now understand, beloved, one of the problems we have is that instead of the spirit man being in control, the soul and the body are more in control. Whenever a transaction is to be effected from your heart, what happens is your soul and body tend to ignore the spirit man. Why? Because the soul has the tendency of, uh, of usurping the spirit. You know, the soul has a tendency of dictating what you ought to do instead of being subject to the wisdom of the spirit. Because wisdom comes from the spirit man. It is the wisdom from your spirit man that provides guidance for your heart. For there to be a complete transaction of money within your heart, which bears the legitimate hallmark of the use of money, the spirit man should be the principal initiator and approver before the soul and the body approves. Your spirit man has the consciousness of God, meaning you must allow God to release wisdom. Because without wisdom, my friend, it doesn't matter what kind of power you have because power must submit to wisdom. Hello? Your soul should not initiate any transaction whatsoever. Okay? And when I talk about your soul, I'm talking about your mind, your will, and emotions. Many times, you know, we make many decisions emotionally. Many times we make many transactions with our mind without thinking. Hello? Because, friends, the stewardship of money is a function of the heart. It is not a function of your position. It's not a function of your status. It is not, and neither is it a function of the resources that have been entrusted to you, beloved. Because, friends, the cause of poverty is not external. The cause of poverty is internal. The problems that you may have had in the past associated with your money and your wealth resources have a lot to do with who you are, not what you are. It has nothing to do with whether you have money or not, beloved. Okay? Because whatever you have, whether it is money or resources, is closely connected with who you are. And whatsoever is deposited in your heart is determined by who you are, beloved. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because, friends, the deposits of your heart have a lot to do with the state of your heart due to the fact that you have been influenced by the deception of your mind. Hello? And you know money can actually be a gauge that, that can measure your spiritual health. Stand up. Was that hot? I invite the worship team. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.